polished ten toes down. Yeah. Look back at it, shawty, don't look down. Tattoo peeking through the see through. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Now, the worst thing that you can do is overreact to one game, especially game one of the NFL season. But there is a lot to take away from the Bills Rams game. Now, <laughs> the, the Bills went into SoFi Stadium and uh, beat the holy hell out of uh, out of the Rams, thirty-one to ten. Now, it they had to pass the sticks. That's that's just how it was. And again, you don't want to overreact to Game One, especially Game One in a long seventeen-game season. However, there are things that we do need to take away from this game moving forward, both from the Bills and from the Rams. Let's talk about the game in general. You usually see, not all the time, like usually don't get destroyed, but you usually see a letdown when we talk about the team that is receiving their championship rings, a team that's hanging the banner. You see that a lot in basketball. You see that a lot in football. Usually that team doesn't really you know like kind of lacks energy coming in it's it's been a long it's been a long off season a long off season and hell you see when golden state even with kevin durant was winning all them championships usually they would lose the 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 ceremony the the ceremony game so it's again. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to say this is just one game, but this is this is the takeaways that we should take away from this game. Let's say this. Let's say that. First, let's start with the Rams. I want to hold off on declaring huge problem for the Rams because it's game one, and the Rams are notorious in not playing their starters. In the preseason. So for a lot of these people, a lot of these, you know, players, Aaron Donald, uh, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, a lot of these players, it's their first meaningful game since the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you had, you know, practices and joint practices, but the Rams don't play their starters in the in the preseason. And it showed. Yeah, and and one of the the most important to me, the preseason's mainly important, not because you know, not not it's not vitally important to 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 get down plays and stuff like that. No, it's to start getting into rhythm. You start getting into rhythm. A lot of a lot of you know the the offensive line is new. A lot of the defensive players are new. So you want to you want to build cohesion through games. And I'm not saying you have to play, <laughs> you have to play them the whole, you know, every game in the preseason. But at least the third game, or at least the second game, get them in. Their offensive line looked so out of sync; they were getting destroyed on the offensive line. Their offensive line looked so bad; it looked like the Seahawks' offensive line. That's how bad it looked. 
I you can chalk that up to again. This is the first time they've played since the Super Bowl. When when you have you know Andrew Whitworth isn't there anymore, you, you have new pieces, and or you can just say hey they're all for teams like the Rams for teams that again coming off the Super Bowl have has Super Bowl aspirations. You want to wait till about game four or five. If you wait till about game four or five and and they're still bad. Like their offensive line still has problems, then you then there's some cause for concern because at that point you've gotten your body, you've gotten the reps, you you know who you're playing with, you know the the schemes, you know the system. At that point, those those when problems are going to start to align. But again, their offensive line was horrible uh, on Thursday night, man. And on top of all that, their defense wasn't that. I'm gonna say their defense wasn't that good, especially the back end. Jalen Ramsey was getting. <laughs> was getting killed. I know he Stefan Diggs was just embarrassing that man. But I think the defensive struggles is more about how good the scheme was and the 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 game plan was for Buffalo than it was for the Rams. Buffalo understood, yo, we know who Aaron Donald is. We know who Leonard Floyd is. We know who Jalen Ramsey is. Yo, let's get the ball out quick. We need to get the ball out quick, and they did. Now, the the few times that they you know blew the top off the defense, that was towards the end of the end of the game. But it, again, I I'm gonna keep saying it. You don't want to overreact, but I need to see it. the the Rams did not look good at all. The only person that looked good, honestly, was Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford threw three interceptions, had seven sacks, and one now one of those interceptions was definitely the wide receiver's fault. And I do agree. A lot of people were saying on Twitter, wide receivers should have interceptions attached to them instead of the quarterbacks. No, that was that was not Matthew Stafford. I'm sorry, that was Josh Allen. But that I, I do agree. You know, the, the wide receiver should have interceptions attached, but. <sighs> The, the the offense for the Rams, the, the whole team just didn't feel in sync. Yeah, Aaron Donald had his moments, especially in the second and the first half, but the whole team did not feel in sync. Again, I I think that not only weren't, weren't they in sync, but I think you're really starting to see, now I know it's game one, but you're starting to see the value of options. You're starting to see the value of what you can do with multiple options. When you have one or two options, it's like it makes the de- it's easier for the defense to scheme. But when you have multiple options, which i.e. the Rams had last year, then you can then you it, it's it's harder to scheme. And I'm saying that to say last year you had Cooper Cup, you had uh, Van Jefferson, you had Odell Beckham Jr. Now I know. Odell Beckham Jr. still recovering from an ACL tear in the Super Bowl, but you you can't tell me they they wouldn't have looked better with Odell Beckham Jr. on the on the field. It's because Tyler Higby was dropping passes left and right. Allen Robinson, I don't know if they just didn't want to throw him the ball like that. I think he had like three or four catches, maybe even two catches. Cooper Cup was eating. I'm not gonna lie to you, and I said this on Twitter. I will say it here. Cooper Cup is the greatest white white wide receiver of all time. 
Now that puts him in a that puts him in a in a conversation with Jordy Nelson. That puts him in a conversation with Wes Welker. That puts him in a conversation with Julian Edelman, who did win a Super Bowl MVP. But no, the way the thing the way that Cooper Cup's able to get off the ball, able to able to run routes, able to find the ball at the high point. At, you know how good Cooper Cup is? I'm going to show you how good Cooper Cup is. Look at Cooper Cup play. Look at every time Matthew Stafford passes the ball, not just game one. Just just go back. If you want all my film heads, all my people that do what I do, go to YouTube and, and just watch uh, past highlights. I don't know why I do this. I do it. But go watch Cooper Cup and watch how many times when Matthew Stafford throws him the ball, how wide open he looks. That's not because just the defense is that bad. Cooper Cup is that smooth. Cooper Cup is the greatest white wide receiver of all time. I will if you do not agree, leave it in the comments, leave it on my YouTube or leave it in my Instagram. We'll talk about it. But I think he's the greatest white quarterback of all time. That might be the uh that might be the um <laughs> The clip I'm gonna cut off, cut out, and put the put the Instagram. I don't know, but yeah, I just it's Cooper Cup. That there is a reason I was skeptical at first, and I, and I'm not gonna lie to you. One of the biggest reasons why I was skeptical is because he's white. But when people were calling him, you know, a top three, top two wide receiver in the league, I'm like, nah. I mean, no, but he is. I, I, I'm I'm not gonna go as far as say number one because. Devontae Adams is still Devontae Adams, but Cooper Cup is that dude, bro. Cooper, let me see something. Cooper Cup yesterday, I mean, uh, during the game, Cooper Cup had, let me see, give me a second. Cooper Cup had 13 receptions for, for 128 yards and a touchdown. 15, so he was... 13 for 15. The next best receiver was Tyler Higby, who, by the way, is a tight end and had five receptions for 39 yards. Cooper Cup is that dude, bro. Now, that is not an overreaction. That is not an overreaction to game one. This has been brewing since last year. Cooper Cup is the best white white wide receiver of all time. Again, I understand Julian Edelman has a Super Bowl MVP, but you really could have gave the Super Bowl MVP to Cooper Cup last year. They just gave it to Matthew Stafford. So again, I don't want to. I don't want to overreact for the bit for the uh, for the Rams. I think that again, give it about four or five games to see if because this offensive line looks like they need work. Uh, the defense, I don't know when it, what happened with Jalen Ramsey. He was getting – it felt like they were targeting Jalen Ramsey. That's how crazy it was. They were targeting that man. Uh, I don't I, – I don't. I think the defense is going to be better. Again, it just felt like this is the first time most of the, – all the starters played. So, you know, and Cam Akers. <laughs> I don't know if he was injured. I don't know what it was, but – Cam Akers set the fantasy Twitter to blaze, only getting three carries for zero yards. I don't know what it was. I don't. I don't know, but he—that's hey, what he got. <laughs> 
So I'm not going to overreact for the Rams. I'm also not going to overreact for the Bills. But I will say that this is the Bills that a lot of people, including myself, at least have in the Super Bowl. This Bills team looked like advertised. <laughs> Hell, shouts out to Marcus Spears. During the game, he tweeted, yo, this Buffalo Bills team looks like the Golden State Warriors. This, look, depth means something. When you're deep at it as a team, that means something. When you, when you, when your number one and two receivers, let me see. When your number two receiver, your number two receiver, let's not even just talk about number one. Your number two receiver catches four catches for eighty-eight yards and a touchdown. Your number three receiver, three catches, twenty-eight yards. It's just when your third receiver is Jamison Crowder, who is a number one receiver on the Jets. It, it, all I'm saying is, man, now I do think that <laughs> they need to hold on to the ball. The They're running back. Yo, Zach Moss, I believe, had a fumble. I know uh, Cook, the rookie from, uh, you know, the, the rookie, he had a fumble. They, they. Josh Allen had two interceptions. One of them was the wide receiver's fault. That's what I was talking about. One of them definitely was the wide receiver's fault. One of them was Josh Allen's fault. But this team is, at least after game one, is exactly what was projected. They're going to be explosive. They're gonna be they're gonna be home records when we talk about the defensive side of the ball. Von Miller looks healthy. Von Miller had one of the um Von Von Miller had two sacks, three uh, tackles for losses. It, Von Miller looked looked healthy. He looked the healthiest he's been since what? He looked more healthy than he did last year, or healthier than he did last year. And he won a Super Bowl last year, so. I will say that there are there are things there are if if I can nitpick there are some things that again not going to overreact but could be signs of concerns moving forward. One of them is of course the running back game and the fact that they fumbled the ball like three times. No, like like two times. I, again, Zach Moss I believe fumbled the ball, and um and Cook fumbled the ball. You have to, especially a team that. Is this explosive offensively as far as the wide receiver and quarterback position? You one thing that we noticed is, yo, you can't, even though he's great, you can't ask Josh Allen to throw the ball every down. Which is why he was able to get, or which is why he had two interceptions. One of them was just a bad interception because the defense knew what was coming. You cannot ask Josh Allen to save you by throwing the ball. The entire time. So you're going to need the run game to at least at least help out. And when you can't trust the running game because they keep fumbling the ball, that's that's that makes it easier to defend the Bills. Now, again, this is week one, but if this if this starts to you know, if this starts to happen, I mean, Devin Singletary was their best uh, running back. Now, yes, I understand he was pretty much there the longest, but 
He was their best running back. It, it just it just didn't look good. Also, Josh Allen. I love you, bro. Josh Allen looked all of he he looked good. He looked like he could. I mean, a lot of people have him winning this year's MVP. He he got off to a great start. Twenty six for thirty one, two hundred and ninety seven yards and three touchdowns. He looked good. But Josh, and I also understand how big Josh is. I get it. Josh is a huge, huge person. I mean, he had 10 carries for 60 or 56 yards and a touchdown. I get it. But, bro, <laughs> I understand, Pauls, I understand that you're a, you're a hefty dude. I understand that you're a bulky guy. I get that. I, I get he's built like a buffalo. He's built like an ox. But you can get down sometimes. <laughs> Yo, Josh Allen, it felt like he was welcoming hits. Like, come on. Like, now, that stiff arm was mean. But he was welcoming hits. Well, yeah, that's cool. In the moment, like, yeah, you know, fight for every yard. Bro, you, bro, <laughs> this team is going nowhere without you. This is the same fight that, you know, a lot of mobile quarterbacks have as far as when do you learn how to fight for the next yard or when do you learn how to just slide i'm not saying you have to slide every time josh allen but you don't have to run into the hit every single time josh allen was josh allen was taking hits i'm like dude i don't know if this is gonna even i know how big you are but i don't know that this is gonna be able to be sustained for a 17 game season so yo just let to slide bro but outside of that man again the Bills looked the Bills started their their season off right with a 31 to 10 win over the reigning champions the LA Rams. Again, I don't want to take too much out of both teams. However, the Rams if, you know, I, I don't want to take I, I don't want to take much out of the game outside of the fact that the Bills are 1 and 0 and the Rams are 0 and 1. So, uh, with that Week one, again, is here, and I'm going to give my predictions for the 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 rest of the games. Uh, let's start with the Saints and Falcons, at Falcons. I have the Saints. I, I think the Saints are going to be a lot better than a lot of people, a lot of people project. Um, if you saw my NFL or NA, NFC South prediction, I actually think the Saints are going to win the NFC South, uh, and... It's the Falcons. The Falcons have one of the worst rosters in the league. They're tanking without telling people they're tanking, uh, <laughs> without you know having a sign holding it up saying, "Hey, we're tanking." They're they're tanking. So the Saints, I have the Saints being the Falcons. One of the biggest games that that's talked about is the Browns at Panthers. Of course, now we know Joe Jacoby Brissett's going to start for the Browns, but it's the quote unquote revenge game for the Panthers. Uh, I actually think the Browns are going to win this game. I just like the Browns team over the Panthers team. I do think they both have good teams and they're both loaded, but the Browns are going to try to win by committee, as, as meaning they're going to try to run down their throat with Nick Chubb. They're going to try to run down the throat with Kareem Hunt, and they're going to try to make Jacob Brissett throw the ball as least as possible. Uh 
And I, I just think the Browns' defense is better than the Panthers' offense, even with an unpredictable Baker Mayfield. Now, again, we can get a we can get a Baker Mayfield that went, you know, that that played the Steelers in the playoffs and just went crazy, or we can get the Baker Mayfield that you know we've seen time and time again, where he just I don't know. So I actually have the Browns winning this because I just think they have a better team than the Panthers, even though the Panthers are at home. 49ers at Bears. This is a sneaky important game. We need to see we need to see what Trey Lance looks like in a real game. Like as far as you're the starter, the offense is yours. We need to see what he looks like. There's a reason why, and I talked about this last episode. There's a reason why they brought Jimmy G back. There's a reason. So we need to see what what he looks like and against the bears which the bears have a litany of problems they're tanking but they don't want to be tanking that's just how the bears are they're they're just bad yeah you have Raekwon smith i don't i don't know if he's gonna play or not but i have the 40 the 49ers just because they're a better team and i want to see what trey lance looks like but i have the 49ers over the bears steelers at Bengals. i have the Bengals. i I just I, I like the Steelers defense like usual, but the problems that the Steelers have, have had for the longest now still are problems. You know, is Mitch Trubisky going to be able to lead them to wins? Uh, their offensive line is still poor, so how is that going to affect someone as good as Najee Harris? And of course, you have weapons on the outside, but again, it goes back to the quarterback position. And I think that the Bengals, there's a lot of people, including myself, that's writing the Bengals off this year. And I think that they're going to have a lot to prove. And you want to start off, of course, with a win. So I have the Bengals beating the the, the Steelers. Eagles at Lions. I think this is actually going to be a sneaky good game. I think the Lions are much improved. I don't think that they're like I don't see them, you know, making noise as far as going to the playoffs. But the the, the Lions have a, a very good team. Like, all around, they have a good team. And the Eagles, of course, have a good team. I, I think the, I'm going to take the Eagles over this because I trust Jalen Hurts more than I trust Jared Goff. Now, that's just saying a lot, seeing as though I don't know if you guys remember when me and the uh, Thousand Jumpers podcast broke down the NFC East. I said I didn't really trust Jalen Hurst like that as far as throwing the ball. And I need to see more. But I do trust him more than I trust Jared Allen. And I just think the Eagles have a better team. You know, I just think Darius Slay, um, you know, A.J. Brown, Miles. I, I, I trust the Eagles. So I have the Eagles over the Lions. But I do think it's going to be a good game. Colts at Texans. Texans are arguably the worst, one of the worst teams they have an okay roster, but they're one of the worst teams in the league. And the Colts are one of the best teams as far as roster-wise. So I have the Colts. Patriots at Dolphins. The Dolphins have been beating the hell out of the Patriots for the last few years, honestly. Uh, I have the Dolphins winning this. I, I do think that the fact that you don't have an offensive coordinator that is the Patriots is going to start to, you know, matriculate um and the dolphins are better they're just a better team in my opinion so i have the dolphins winning that ravens at jets let's let's pause here for a second so lamar jackson gave uh until gave until friday the end of friday which was yesterday which is today as i'm recording for the ravens to get a deal done 
of course he's asking for majority if not all of his contract guaranteed um i don't know if he's i don't know really what he's asking for outside of that um look here ravens the ravens have a history of taking care of their guys so I have no problem in saying that. I have no. I think it's going to get done. Whether it gets done after I record, whether it gets done sometime in the middle of the season, whether it gets, I feel it's going to get done. But this is not a game that you want to play. Now I'm gonna speak to. I'm gonna speak to. Let's, let me first speak to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson is the system. You see, you're, I understand the, the, the angle that you're going to try to take. What happened last year, there was a lot of regression last year. I get that. I understand that, I under, especially in negotiations. I understand that's, that's probably what you're going to play. And you're probably going to play the fact of, well, I understand that Deshaun Watson got like 230 fully guaranteed, but that was an outlier. Look at what Russell Wilson got. Look at what uh, Kyler Murray got. They didn't get fully guaranteed contracts, and they were happy what they got. So you should be happy with this, even though Lamar Jackson is better than Kyler Murray. At least in this point of his career, he's arguably better than Russell Wilson. I get that. But this is not a game that you want to play, uh, Ravens. You see, it's okay to be happy. You know, it's, it's great to be happy. Everyone wants to be happy. And it's okay to be content until it's not. You see, I understand Lamar Jackson is his is his own uh, own agent or his mom's his agent or one of those two. You do not want a disgruntled Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is one player. I understand the quarterback is important, but Lamar Jackson is one player that you just can't lose. Mentally, emotionally, physically, you just can't lose him. Now, I understand you have, I guess, a two-year window of playing chicken. You're able to franchise tag him for two years. I get that. But you got to think about the long game. Lamar Jackson is like 23, 24. Do you want to just have him for two years? Because I promise you, if you franchise this tag, this man, if you franchise tag this man for two years, that third year, he's gone. And the second year that you franchise tag him, oh, boy, he's going to be upset. I promise you that. So do you want to lose him in three years or possibly have him for the next, I don't know, five, six, seven, ten years? Lamar Jackson has gotten better year after year outside of last year. But if you want to be honest, last year the Ravens had the most, I think they had like 19 people going into the season on IR. And Lamar Jackson still had the Ravens number one in the AFC until he got hurt. Let's not play these games. Let's not play these games, Ravens. Now let me talk to Lamar. Lamar Jackson, I understand that you're a righteous guy. I understand that you are a team first guy. I understand that all you want to do is win. I get that. I respect that. But as you know, the NFL is a business. 
That was funny. I'm talking Lamar Jackson, but I know this man ain't watching. <laughs> this man ain't watching or listening to what I'm saying. But if I was him, I would not go out there. Lamar Jackson is, I think he, shouts out to Shannon Sharp. He said it, and I agree. Lamar Jackson is the one quarterback who is mostly dependent on his legs. Not saying that he can't throw the ball. Let me not let me not throw that out there. But Lamar Jackson is the most dependent on his legs as far as all the quarterbacks in the league. Yes, that's over Jalen Hurts. That's over Kyler Murray. That's over Deshaun Watson. That's over any – Lamar Jackson is the most dependent on his legs as far as the quarterback position. And because of that, I know they all, we always say it, but that's true. One hit can just ruin it all. So while, yes, you are scheduled to make $23 million, which is a lot of money to regular people like me, that's, that's, the mo- that's life-changing for regular people like me. But when you talk about athletes, that's nothing for Lamar Jackson. Compared to the two hundred plus million that hope that you could get guaranteed, I would not go out there. And the thing is, I think I think his teammates, Lamar Jackson's teammates, would understand. You remember when uh, I think the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, and then and then Emmett Smith wanted a contract extension or wanted a new contract and they wouldn't give it to him so he sat out the first like four games and they lost like the first four games they were just like all right hold on Emmett, come on let's let's make let's get this deal done because we can't we can't lose you for five games and then they ultimately like made a run when he came back after giving him a contract again i understand look i wouldn't go out there if i was lamar until unless i had what i want what i was asking for I understand he's probably not going to do that, but I, Jalen Hunter, would not go out there. And actually, it's not just me. A lot of people agree. Stephen A. Smith is telling him not to go out there. Shannon Sharp is telling him not to go out there. Like, people on NFL networks telling him not to go out there. Unless you get, but hey, Lamar Jackson is different. He do what he do. I respect it. I just wouldn't go out there. Get your money, bro. Get your money. But back to these predictions. Uh, Ravens at Jets. Honestly, this depends on if Lamar. No, even if Lamar, even if Brett Huntley plays, uh, the Ravens are just a better team than the Jets. I mean, the Jets are about to have start. They're starting Joe Flacco, so I have the Ravens. Jaguars at Washington. Hey, look here, Washington. Let me be real with you. <laughs> the Jaguars are not a good team, even though they have Trevor Lawrence, even though they have Travis Etienne, even though they have James Robinson. They're not a good team. If you can't beat the Jaguars, it's going to be a long season for the Commanders. So I have the command and the and the and Washington's at home. I have Washington, Washington. Hey, bro, Washington. I have Washington winning this game because they they should be better than the Jaguars. Uh, Giants at Titans. The Giants. When Daniel Jones is your quarterback, you you kind of playing with one. I, I don't nah. Uh, so I have I have the Titans winning this. I just think they're a better team, better coached, have a better quarterback. <clears throat> you know, uh, Chiefs at Cardinals. It's the Chiefs. 
I think it's the Chiefs. Uh, there's a lot of noise surrounding the Cardinals uh, from Kyler Murray's contract. Uh, I, I do think that it's huge not having DeAndre Hopkins there for the first six games. Uh, there's been a lot of turnover, a lot of movement. Um, I just – I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think – I mean, when – and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a lot to prove going into this season, especially, you know, after what happened last year towards the end and, of course, losing Tyreek Hill. I just have – I have the Chiefs winning this game. Raiders at Chargers. This is a big game. This is a big game, even though it's game one. But this is a big game. Of course, you have two teams that made big splashes this offseason. Of course, the Raiders getting Devontae Adams and the Chargers getting a bunch of people like J.C. Jackson, who I don't think is playing uh, this game. You get uh, what's his name? Khalil Mack. You, you get you get some pieces. And, of course, you still have Joey and, and Joey Bosa. You still have Derwin James. This is a big game. I think the Chargers are going to win this game, but this is a big game. And uh, I, I think I do want to see what these Chargers look like with all these new pieces. Again, we're going to have to wait a little longer to see J.C. Jackson. But I do want to see what the Chargers look like with all these pieces. Um, and the Raiders, boy, this is a big game for the Raiders because I want to see what the Raiders look like. There's a lot of questions, especially the offensive line, the defense, uh, at least the back end of the defense. There's still question marks. But I want to see what that Devontae Adams, uh, Derek Carr duo look like in the league. I know they did it in college, but college is not the NFL. If that's the case, uh, what's his name? Tim Tebow will be the greatest quarterback of all time. So I do want to see what that looks like. Packers at Vikings. Um, this is going to be a good game. I, there's a lot of people that think the Vikings are going to win the NFC North. They can. I, I, they have a good roster. I just don't, I think Blaine, my man Blaine, uh, Final Whistle Podcast, I think I, he came on and talked about the NFC North. And I think he had – no, he didn't. That wasn't him. But we, I did talk to Blaine about the NFC North, and he, I think he has the Vikings winning it. Uh, but no, it was a couch coach. Couch coach. And I think he has the Vikings up there. But I have Green Bay winning this game. It's still Aaron Rodgers. Until I just like with the Chiefs. Until I see somebody like shoot down Aaron Rodgers and and when the Packers. Let me not say shoot down. Let me. Until I see somebody beat the Packers. Uh, nah. So Sunday night football. You have the Bucks at the the Bucks at the Cowboys. I mean, I have the Bucks. I think the Bucks are a better team. I do want to see what you know that the Bucks offensive line looks like going against the Minka Parsons and a, and a, a Dexter Lawrence or Darren Lawrence. But I just you know it's the Bucks. It's Tom Brady, and you know until until then, I I do think it's going to be a big game. Clearly, it's the Bucks and. Both of them, I think that was the number one and two offense last year. Uh, but I have the Bucks, and and we know anytime. So I think the I think Tom Brady's six and zero right now against the 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 Cowboys. So let's make it seven and zero. In Monday Night Football, you have uh, the Broncos at Seahawks. I have the Broncos. <laughs> the Broncos suck. 
I mean, no, the Seahawks suck. Seahawks are arguably the worst team in the league. But let's move forward. And let's stay on this and move forward. Because the report came out with Russell Wilson or about Russell Wilson and, and the things that led up to his departure from Seattle. And how this has been a this has been probably four or five years in the making. I mean, in the report, which I actually read like all of it <laughs> extensively, they were saying that he was upset for the fact that he felt Pete Carroll cost him an MVP. Uh, he felt that, and a lot of people felt that um, some of the play calling in the second Super Bowl cost the Seahawks back-to-back Super Bowls, Super Bowl wins. Uh, he was while he was on the while he was on the roster, they were they were scouting and and trying to get Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And it was just they they was the both sides just didn't see eye to eye as far as Russell Wilson's camp and Pete Carroll's camp. You know that saying the saying that we always hear, uh, if you pull out a gun, you better be ready to use it. A lot of people say that, like people with guns. Don't pull out a gun if you're not going to use it. That's what people say. The same can be said about scouting other quarterbacks while you have a top-tier quarterback. When you have a top-tier quarterback, don't if you're going to scout another quarterback, you better get them. Because if it gets back to the pre, if it gets back to the current quarterback, I promise you it's not going to go well. One of the things that athletes have that are bigger than a lot of people, and that is egos. Every athlete, whether Steph Curry has an ego, the quote unquote baby face assassin has an ego, Russell Wilson, ego. Some egos are bigger than others. Some people, you can see their egos more than others. Like, you can see Aaron Rodgers' ego. Like, it's Aaron Rodgers. Hell, you see Aaron Rodgers' ego more than you probably see Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes has an ego. Because they know who they are. Like, I'm Patrick Mahomes. Hell, Kevin Durant. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. That's ego talking. That's also confidence. Because he also knows I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Russell, I have been on, I've stood at the, on, on, <laughs> you can, you can go back and look at episodes. You can ask people that I talk to. I have stood on this Russell Wilson bandwagon for the longest. I have been on paper saying that Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So if you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you're over here looking for another quarterback, you better get that quarterback. Because if it gets back to Russell Wilson, trust and believe things aren't going to work out, especially when you guys aren't in the bet. You're not the best of friends. You guys aren't in the best of positions, especially after the Super uh, second Super Bowl. Now, I will also attest that um, if I was Russell Wilson, I would have changed the call. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, he had the cachet to change the call. Just change the damn call, brother. Just give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. It's all right, though. It's okay. It's all right. Or at least run the ball. It's okay. The only thing that report proved to me is that this breakup was years in the making. 
And this breakup could have happened a lot sooner than it did. And it also proves to me, I'm not going to say proves, but it also yet another situation where things don't end as beautifully as it started for another Pete Carroll team. This this is Pete Carroll's M.O. Pete Carroll comes to an organization, has roaring success to start. But towards the end, it always ends poorly. Now, I'm not saying this is the end for Pete Carroll, but look at look at the state of this team. Look at the state of the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are one of, if not the worst team. Now, yeah, you have the Jets, you have the Jaguars, you have the uh, the the Falcons, the Texans. But look at the look at the Seahawks right now. Look at the Seahawks compared to when he first got there. When he first got there, he they 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 built up the Legion of Boom. They had Russell Wilson. They had Marshawn Lynch. They were going to back to back Super Bowls. That was that was the that was you know the heyday the the early parts of the Seattle Seahawks. That was the beauty. Remember when Pete Carroll went to uh, USC, Matt Liner, Reggie Bush winning national championships. Just the 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 creme de la creme of college football. You remember what USC looks like? You look like when he left. You remember that? How poor of a how bad of a team and how 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 dysfunctional the team was when he left do you remember that the legion of boom russell wilson marshawn lynch one of the best offensive lines in the league jermaine curse tyler lockett they they had a uh who's the dude that was fighting uh Jalen ramsey um Ah, uh, his face is I, I see his face, but that's when that was when he was good at the wide receiver position. Forgot his name. It's gonna come back to me and I'm just gonna say it like blurt it out and then be like that's his name. Um oh, why is his name um, his name escaped me, but look at that team, man. Now look at the Seattle Seahawks now. One of the worst offensive lines. If not the worst offensive line in the league, one of the worst defenses in the league, even with Jamal Adams, which they grossly overpaid. Yeah, you have DK Metcalf. Yeah, you still have Tyler Lockett. But who do you have throwing him the ball? Your starting quarterback is Drew Locke, who Drew Locke's best game, his crowning achievement was lip syncing Young Jeezy. On the sidelines. Then you have Geno Smith. Whose crowning achievement. Was playing. One of the best games he can ever play last year. And they think they still lost that game. Geno Smith hasn't been really relevant since West Virginia. So what I'm saying is this, man. If you read the report, ESPN did a really good job on it. If you read the report, this breakup was years in the making. 
the breakup between Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. And it just is just yet another cabinet file or yet another folder that you can put in the Pete Carroll tenured. And they all usually go the same way. Incredible high when you start. Then it just starts to decline, decline. Then when you get to the bottom, oh, it's the bottom. Who would have thought a team just three, four years ago was in the Super Bowl? Now you look at the team. They're one of, if not the worst team in the league. I'll tell you who could have imagined, who could have predicted that. Anybody that has seen Pete Carroll's teams. Now I put money. I put money. You heard it here first. What's the day? February tenth. No, damn. September tenth. I put money this year or next year. Pete Carroll's out. Watch. This year, the end of this year or next year, Pete Carroll is out. Also just got a uh, alert saying that the Ravens did not reach a deal with Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> okay, Ravens. Play with it if you want to. Play with it if you want to. That's all I'll say about that. Let's move forward. Let me first start it, start this off by saying congratulations and shouts out to Sue Bird. Um, she did they you know the the Vegas Aces beat the Seattle Storm uh, in the conference finals to make you know Aces then advance to the WNBA finals. But I want to say shout out to Sue Bird. Sue Bird is one of the greatest women's basketball players of all time. She's one of the most decorated players of all time. In fact, she's one of the most decorated players of all time. She spent her entire career with Seattle, and in that career. She has accumulated, give me a second, she's a four-time WNBA champion, 13-time WNBA All-Star, a five-time All-WNBA all first team, three-time All-WNBA second team. She has been the WNBA assist leader three times. She's been the peak performer twice. She's on the WNBA 10th anniversary, 15th anniversary, 20th anniversary, and 25th anniversary team. They also did win the Commissioner's Cup this year. She's also a five-time Russian League champion, five-time Euros League champion, two-time Euro Super Cup winner. She won two, w, uh, two NCAA championships at UConn. She's a three-time Nancy Lieberman Award winner. She also won the Big East Player of the Year in 2002 and AP College Player of the Year in 2002 as well. She also is a one, two, three, four, five, five time, one, two, three, four, five time uh, Olympic gold medalist and a one, two, three, four, four time world champion medalist and a one time bronze medalist. Sue Bird is one of the most. Suzanne Bridget Bird is one of the most decorated players of all time, both men and women. And she will go down as arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest WNBA player of all time. Now, no. The run stopped here. You know, she she didn't make it to the NBA or WNBA championship this year, but she had an incredible season. She 
along with Brianna Stewart, uh, Gabby Wilson, they were able to, uh, Tina Charles, they were able to make it all the way to the conference finals. So I do want to say shouts out to Sue Bird. Thank you for your services. Thank you for everything that you've done for women's league. Not only that she done for the bat, the, the sport of basketball, but for women in general, her and Megan Rapino have been really loud advocates as far as women in the LGBTQ community. Um, Sue Bird is sports. Sue Bird is a sports figure that will never be forgotten. Um, and I'm I'm excited to see what, just like with uh, Serena Williams, I'm excited to see what the next chapter is after, after basketball, after tennis. So, Thank you, Sue Bird. You, you'll probably be the cover of this episode. I appreciate you, and thank you for your services. She will go down and is one of the greatest women's basketball players of all time. So thank you, Sue Bird. And last, and one, one other thing before I, I, I preview the finals. Chicago Sky who has another legend in Candace Parker who may or may not come back next year. When you Chicago sky, who are the reigning champ or were the reigning champions. Um, when you let a team, any team, and this is not just Chicago sky, this is anybody. When you let a team go on a 18 to zero run in the fourth quarter, Ultimately, a twenty-two to two run. There's you don't deserve to win. <laughs> you don't deserve to win. Like there's no way you're winning that game. When you have one, two, three, four, five. When you let five people score in double digits, and two of them get a double double, and you only have one, two, three, three people scoring double digits. Not one person had over nine rebounds, you're going to lose that game. God damn. And that's the thing. Like, everything else was in your favor. You had thir- the, the Chicago Sky had 13 steals compared to Connecticut Sun's five. Connecticut Sun turned the ball over 23 times. And the Chicago Sky only turned over 13. Chicago Sky had 10 block shots. When the Connecticut Sun had seven. The the Connecticut Sun had 19 personal fouls compared to 15 from the Chicago Sky. God damn. However, the Connecticut Connecticut Sun out-rebound them 43 to 28. And they out-assisted them 25 to 18. Again, when you let a team go on a 20 or... 22 to 2 run, you're going to lose. I don't care what it is. I don't care. I don't care if it's foot. I don't care. If you go, if you let a team go on a 20, a 18 0 run, you're going to lose. Now you look, and Chicago Sky was the better team. That's why a lot of people had Chicago Sky going back to back. Claire Copper, Emma Mieseman. Candace Parker, Ali Quigley, Vandersloot. All these people are. Pl- <laughs> well, now you're at home. And now you have, yo. Connecticut 
hold on. Chicago scored five points in the fourth quarter? Sheesh. The Connecticut Sun scored 24 points in the fourth quarter to Chicago's five. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I hate to see it. But now we are here. Now we're at the WNBA Finals. The Connecticut Sun going against the Vegas Aces. Oh, also, shouts out to Asia Wilson winning her second MVP. In fact, let me let me just tell y'all, and this this is how you know Asia Wilson will go down as one of the best basketball players of all time as far as WNBA basketball players. Asia Wilson was drafted in 2018, which is four years ago. In four years, she has now won her second WNVP or WNBA MVP. She has won uh, WNBA Defensive Player of the Year. She's a four-time All-Star. She's also a Rookie of the Year. She is WNBA first team, probably second, or she'll probably first team this year again. Uh, WNBA second team, all defensive first team. Oh, she didn't win? Oh, all defensive second team and a blocks leader and the Commissioner's Cup champion. Asia Wilson will go down as one of the greatest, when it's all said and done, she'll be one of the greatest uh, WNBA players of all time. Let me just, I'll just throw it out there now. But, the Connecticut Sun are going against the Vegas Aces. And uh, <laughs> you remember when Golden State was going against Houston? And, you know, Golden State was going against Houston in those 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 heavy – that one year, I think it was 2019, I believe. It was either 18 or 19. I think it was 18. It was definitely 18. They were going against Houston in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Houston, you know, they pushed them to seven games. And then you had to play Cleveland. You had to play Cleveland the next the next round. And they, like, they made easy work of Cleveland. And a lot of people were saying that, you know, the a lot of people were, were pretty much considering the Rockets and Golden State. That was the NBA Finals. Well, I kind of feel the same way from the Vegas Aces and the Seattle Storm. You saw some of the highest level of basketball that you have that you could ever see from Sue Bird, from Brianna Stewart, dropping like thirty or forty-two points or something like that. Uh, Asia Wilson having back-to-back and or I think she only sat for like four minutes the entire series had back-to-back thirty-point games. Chelsea Gray doing the best Damian Lillard uh, "See You Later" impression. That was the hot Kelsey Plum, Jackie, Jackie Young going crazy in this or not going crazy, hitting big shots in this in the in the closeout game. You go from that and 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 you play this this Connecticut Sun team. And I'm not going to disrespect the Connecticut Sun. You have Dewana Bonner, who has won a championship before Alicia. Uh, Alicia Thomas, who's a Maryland product, shouts out to you. John Quill Jones, who's the reigning MVP, or who was the MVP. Courtney Williams, uh, Hodman, you have Brianna Jones, who I think won six man of the year or six woman of the year this year. Uh, the journey, uh, Carrington, Odyssey Sims, like they have a good team, but to me, 
they're running into the absolute worst matchup that they can run into, and that is the Vegas Aces. Again, when the Vegas Aces, they just went against the Seattle Storm, which I think both of those teams matched up really well when you talk about, you know, superstar talent and and, and Brown and Stewart and Adrian Wilson. Uh, I just I just think that the Connecticut Sun are running into the worst possible matchup. And with Vegas being as deep as it is, it's going to be tough. Um, the first game is September 11th, which is, of course, Sunday, I believe, at 3 o'clock on ABC. I have Vegas winning this. I do. I, I, have, I just, again... When you have Aja Wilson winning, uh, she's having the she's playing the best basketball of her career. Chelsea Gray is playing the best basketball. I think she's shooting like sixty percent from the three. Like uh, Kelsey Plum, I don't think she had the most efficient series against Seattle, but she was still making big plays. And I think that if you clean up her efficiency, she'll be better. Jackie Young, I, I just I just don't. Not to mention, John Quell Jones, even though she had, what, 15 and 10, she didn't have the best, she did not have the best series against, or she hasn't really had the best playoffs. I'll be, I'll be real with you. She hasn't been that good. Um, Dewana Barnes has been good. You know, Thomas has been good. But John Quell Jones isn't. Now, I'm not going to say, well, she's just going to turn it up a notch for the finals. Well, that's going to be tough when you're going against the defensive player, the reigning defensive player of the year and MVP in Asia Wilson. That's going to be tough. Um, and I don't think they have a person. They have a player that can match up with Asia Wilson. I mean, they're probably going to put uh, Elisa Thomas on her, which she's a good defender. But there's a difference between defending, and no offense to her, there's a difference between defending uh, Emma Misaman, who I will say is one of the best passers in the WNBA for a big for a big woman I guess um there's a difference between playing against her and playing against Asia Wilson there's a Duana Bond there's a difference between or who is a, there's a difference uh Natasha Hel uh Heidman there's a difference between playing Courtney Vandersloot and Chelsea Gray who's a big guard so I just think Size, talent-wise, I just think Vegas has is the better team, and I think Vegas will win. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give Connecticut one game. I'll give them one game. Uh, that's, and I didn't even mention Dorika Hamby, who didn't play that well or didn't play that much because she was coming back from injury. <sighs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think I'm, I'm going to give Connecticut one game, one game. So let's move forward. Lastly, before we go, I want to shine a light on what Aaron Judge is doing one and how this is the worst case scenario for the Yankees. Aaron Judge has hit 55 home runs this season. He's on pace to hit 64 home runs. That would put him, I think, the most home runs in the season in Yankees history. 
Number one is Roger Maris with 61. Uh, that was in 1961. And Babe Ruth is number two with uh, 60, 1927. Babe Ruth is also number three with 59 in 1921. I have a good feeling that Aaron Judge is going to hit that pace of 64. Now, I don't think he's going to do the most home runs of all time, which, of course, is 73 from Barry Bonds in 2001. I don't think he's going to get there. Maybe if you tack on the the postseason. I don't know. But I don't think that's going to happen. But Aaron Judge is going to... He's already... He's To me, he's going to he's gonna get this. I think he's going to get to 64. Um, and I also think that he's going to be the runaway MVP this year. Which, rightfully so. Deservedly so. Aaron Judge is the lifeline of this Yankees team. Which also brings me back to the point which I said in the beginning. Which is one of the biggest reasons why I said... The Yankees are not going to win the World Series. This this happened. This has happened for like the last decade. They start off hot, hot as hell, in fuego, boiling, sizzling, and then it, they just they are they are gasping for air right now. Their their offense has just been anemic. Their offense has fallen off a cliff, even with Aaron jo- Judge, even with Giancarlo Stanton. Even with uh, it, it there it's it's not. I don't see them winning the World Series. I, I I'm not I'm not clairvoyant. I'm not a, a vision teller or whatever or a future teller. But I can almost rest rest assured they're not going to win the World Series. They could. Anything could happen. I don't see it happening. Especially how they're looking right now. But this is why I said Aaron Judge's success is the worst thing that could have happened to the Yankees. And it's it's honestly the Yankees' fault. This is why I said when they were doing the whole, you know, contract negotiation, Aaron Judge was asking for X money and the Yankees weren't trying to give it to him. I said, you don't want to play with a player like this. It kind of goes back to Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. You do not want to play with a player like this. There's only one Aaron Judge in the league. There's only one Shohei Otani. There's only one Aaron Judge. There's only one Mookie Betts. You don't. There's only one Bryce Harper. You don't play with stuff like this. So now what's gonna happen? I I'm almost sure. Whenever I think his contract's up this year. Whenever his contract's up, whether it's this year or next year, I put money. Aaron Judge will not will not be a Yankee the following season. You see, just like egos, athletes have memories and they remember. Jobs do it too. You ever work in a corporate world and you feel like something happens and then you feel like because something may have happened, a lot of your opportunities kind of get thrown to the side because of that incident? And it takes a while for you to, quote unquote, build up your reputation again. That's what's happening with the Yankees. The problem is they don't have that much time. They lost their time, in my opinion, because the last thing you can do is the last thing that you wanted was for you to not give that man his money. Aaron Judge his money that he's asking for. It wasn't it wasn't that much. 
You didn't give him the. I think it was like twenty million, which again, regular people like me, that is life changing. That's that's life changing for generations. But for him, an athlete, that's not that much money. And I think they settled with like seventeen or something. That they had to go to court for, by the way. I put money. Whenever this contract's up, whether it's this year or next year, then the following year he will not be a Yankee. Again, the worst thing that they could have happened was not pay that man his money because they felt he didn't deserve or they felt they didn't they he didn't deserve it. And then he goes and breaks the Yankees home run record and wins the MVP. Yeah. They 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 kind of didn't play their hand on that one, so they 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 played their hand and they lost. That's just that's just how it was. So, um, there you have it. I could talk about the uh, the Team USA signing their new agreement, where talk about equal pay for women and men. I've already talked about it. I talked about it when it, I think it was in May when it was announced. They just signed it, I think, like two days ago. Um, I do think it's monumental uh, for women athletes, which I don't. Here's the thing, man. I'm going to be, I don't, I don't really agree with equal pay. Not now. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. I don't agree with equal pay. I feel that you should be paid what you deserve. And that's not always equal. And what I mean by that is I'm almost sure the women's team, the women's soccer team creates more revenue for, I guess, USA or whatever it is than the men's team because the women's team are 10 times better. So, yeah, I understand you won the fight of equal pay, but I think that the women's team should be paid more than the men's team because they have won more. Like when you look at when you look at uh look at Minnesota. Minnesota Timberwolves compared to the Minnesota Lynx. The Timberwolves ain't done nothing. The the Lynx, they've won multiple times. Do you think that they should you know, they should be paid equal well they have to i think they should i don't let me not throw that example out i just feel like the 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 team usa women should be paid more than men because they've been more successful and they i think they draw more money in than men but congratulations for finally signing the you know equal pay right that's a fight that has been fought for a while and you know but there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link's in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. It's 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 starting to it's starting to feel like fall, baby. It's starting to feel like fall. Go get your hoodies today. Go get your light hoodies today. Go get your heavy hoodies today. I was able to wear a hoodie for the first time in months yesterday, and boy, oh boy, did it feel comfortable. So go get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to where you're listening. Please subscribe to where you're watching. I don't know. Someone leave it in the comments. I don't know what's going on with Apple Apple Podcasts. I don't know if it's just me 
or everyone, but I don't think my Apple podcast is loading like that, even though I'm still dropping episodes. I know it's loading on, you know, Spotify and other places. Uh, as far as the DSPs, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, maybe it's just a one week thing. But right now, if you go to, you know, my Apple podcast, from what I can see, it's episode 271. And what we just what I just did was episode 273. So I don't know what's going on, but please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely means a lot to me. I'm trying to get the algorithms going and I'm trying to get you know, more people to listen, more people to watch. Uh, I still premiere, still premiere every Wednesday and Saturday at nine o'clock a.m. on YouTube and the DSPs drop midnight Wednesdays and Saturdays. So please subscribe. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. It definitely means a lot to me. And until next time, much love. Shut off with no mask at all. I train my dog with Manitow. Clearest water, this the one made Jesus take his sandals off. Come knock on the devil's door, make sure you turn your camera off. It's Jay's in here. White all on their face, but they ain't Santa Claus. I'm trying to do the math on how much more it take to get this car. Never thought I'd get this far. If both my arms, my wrists are sore. I've never been this up before. I'm paranoid as ever. Sam 6 2 clip curve and it's AR for protection. Karma can't even catch up there. My first dirt like 07 Even back then I tell you I'ma be like this forever It was hot I made it swell to hot Like sit downs with the devil Like the only way to get this to my state Is if we melt it And the bond we built was special All the game my game was separate And they love me cause they know I catch a case And I ain't telling mm. Gas with a track with the mud on it Watching my chain got blood on it The end of the bear got blood on it Came out of zoo, had a chick in the floor I don't put it on if it's 20 or more I can be the sins in Christian Dior Hold up with G-Bag and hold up my heart Finance in the traffic, make millions on rapping Your girl is on sick, they gon' sit on the goat Demons, piranhas, I'm moving the fish I keep my shooter wherever I go I take pills and I sip lean, bitch I don't feel right till I drive a boat I'm out of churches, I turned on my granny house I had them jays knocking that door I'm a different type of breed when the corner ways Nigga, change the I'm a different type of nigga when the corner stretching out the work and pimping a hoe 1,001 pure cocaine, spinning on one of my chain 1,001 trillion bullets come behind my name Fuck my shoot, I shoot myself. 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 I get into one of my ops, a nigga body got the drop, and ain't nobody gon' tell me stop. I shoot myself. I come through a nigga block, ain't got no worry about talking to cops. The reason nigga holding his Glock, I shoot myself. Yeah, I shoot at myself. I shoot at myself. Yeah, I shoot at myself. Yeah, nigga, I shoot at myself. Huh? I shoot at myself. Fuck you, tell me, nigga, I shoot at myself. Oh, I shoot at myself. Oh. Fuck you saying, then I shoot it myself. Top some money, try shooting no vest. Water boy out, still moving his meth. It'll never sit my way, get pressed. Whooping my H, my hand get stressed. Been drinking this quake and it tastes like tech. Purple and red, don't drink no grits, just an ass and
corn, I'm drinking this trish. It's a slime, five, five, six. It got green on the tip. He come breathe, he got hit. Bullets jump into him like it springs on a cliff. It's a lean when I drip, I spit out flame on your bitch. Niggas can't say they my ops, I'm just a demon, amen.